Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody. The Ted Lasso welcome wagon has arrived. Ted! Let's get things moving. Move. I'll just cover it with the bishop. And- Move. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, September 6th. The Emmys are now less than two weeks away, which means the clock is ticking for you to get caught up on this year's nominees. Of course, there's no way anyone can watch everything at this point. So for today's show, we're breaking down our picks for what to watch before the big day. EWTV critic Kristen Baldwin and executive editor Patrick Gomez will be joining me to talk about the must-watch comedies, dramas, and limited series from this year's crop of nominees. So without further ado... Let's get to it. Hello, Kristen and Patrick. How are you? Hi, I've got Emmy fever. Me too, me too. (laughs) Burning hot. Yeah, well, that means there are so many good shows this year to talk about. And two comedies we're going to start with, I think, really stand out from uh, the crowd. And, uh, you know, as comedies go, they're shorter episodes. So maybe these are things that people can watch fairly easily before uh, the Emmys next week. So let's talk. First of all, I want to start ladies first hacks and talk about the wonderful, the great American treasure, Gene Smart. Oh, good. My ride's here. Wait, you're leaving me here? Yep. Kristen, I know you love the show so, so much. Tell folks why they should watch this comedy. I mean, Jean Smart is a national treasure, and she's so good in this. I mean, she has had such a run lately with Watchmen and then uh, with Mayor of Easttown and now Hacks. She plays a sort of long-established Vegas comedian. You know, she's a Joan Rivers type, you know. She's been Mm -hmm. working for years and she has this long-running Vegas residency and then it turns out that she's going to lose her residency because younger hipper acts are coming in. Pentatonics. The (laughs) pentatonics, which is amazing, which makes her throw her iPad into the pool, which is amazing. Um, And so she decides really her agent decides for her uh, to pair her up with a younger writer, um, a millennial writer Mm -hmm. who's just recently been canceled for some unsavory tweets. And the idea being that maybe Deborah, the longstanding comedian, can get some new material and keep her job. But it's really, it's not about comedy. It's not, you know, often shows that are about, you know, showbiz or about Mm -hmm. comedy. it's hard to make a show about what makes something funny, but this is really about their relationship together. These two generations of women, yeah. both who have very different frames of reference, uh, finding a common ground. And they're just so like, it's actually really sort of moving and mm-hmm. emotional, but also incredibly funny. And Jean Smart and Hannah Einbinder, who plays the young comedy writer, are just great together. I loved it so much. I'm a huge fan of it as well, uh, I, although I do have to say, Kristen, uh, if people are looking for a show about comedy and what makes things funny um, that is actually funny, uh, I loved episodes. So just <laughs> true, yeah. true, true, true. Something else to watch if, if that is what you're looking for. But no, I mean, just so fantastic. Jean is just, as, as Jared, as you said, a treasure. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just fantastic to watch her work, um, no matter what she's doing, but particularly in this role. 
Yeah, and you know, so many of her roles lately have been supporting roles or guest starring things, and I just love seeing her, you know, her name is first, this is her series, and mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, succeeds or fails by her, and wow, does she make it succeed. Um, and, and of course, like you said, Kristen, that chemistry she has with Hannah Einbinder, who's also, you know, for all intents and purposes, a newcomer and, you know, an up-and-coming yeah. uh, star. She could have, I think, been swallowed by everything else happening here, and she absolutely holds her own and really uh, also helps elevate the material and, and their scenes together. I especially love episode five when um, Deborah has the, the plastic surgery. Um, <laughs> Hannah has a standout episode as well right before that. A guy she kind of like quickly starts dating and it uh, goes a very oh. unfortunate direction. And then the finale is just, oh, it's so, so good. I mean, there are just so many good episodes and it's like, just go into it knowing that, you know, it's not a raucous comedy. Yeah. It is very funny, yeah. but it is a character show. It's a show about the, these two women and their relationship mm-hmm. that happens to be very funny uh, in, in parts and very emo- emotional in parts. It's just like yeah. you don't want people going in thinking it's going to be like a laugh riot right. from minute one. It's not. Although it is. <laughs> you're just laughing while you're also like, oh, yeah. God. But it's it's a character show. Mm-hmm. It's about these women. It's about their relationship, their deeper issues and... But it's really funny as well. Yeah. So yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely highly, highly, highly recommend it. I think it's also one of those shows where almost every character can have <laughs> yes. their own show. Like they're also fully, mm-hmm. fully developed and fully funny on their own. Like there's there's a whole yeah. LA storyline. Yes. There's all there's so much there. It, it's a deep well of talent. Every single cast member is great. The ensemble, the people around Deborah in her in her, you know, house, in her business, the agent. (laughs) And the agent's assistant, for sure. Meg Stalter's hilarious, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of comedies that, you know, are, are character driven, that have heart, but also are very funny, the other one we want to talk about. To me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. Ted Lasso, which is nominated for its first season, but is now currently in its second season and is not disappointing at all. It is, uh, you know, certainly maintaining everything that we came to love about that first season. You know, so much has been said about the show already. I'm still seeing people who are now discovering it for the very first time, even though, you know, we we <laughs> sang its praises and screamed them from the <laughs> mountaintops uh, as much as we could. Yes. I don't really want to get into predictions here yet. Uh, you know, I think this is the show that everyone is looking to, uh, you know, be the big winner come Emmy's night. But Kristen, in a nutshell, I mean, how do you compare a show like this to what's come before on the comedy scene? Yeah, I mean, this is a show that everybody was taken by surprise mm-hmm. in terms of how good it was. Like, it's based on a an NBC sports promo from several years ago. And, you know, Jason Sudeikis created this character for NBC sports coverage of Premier League football. And so when I first saw that, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to hate this show. And I was completely taken by surprise by how much I actually really loved it and how fully formed it was. It wasn't just some gimmicky, mm-hmm. sketchy thing stretched out into a series. The one thing I will say in terms of um, season two is actually... It's getting the predictable backlash. There are some people saying, oh, it's just not as funny. And you know what? It's not necessarily as funny. I give it a B plus. But the thing is, I think it's as good, even if it's not necessarily as funny. I think the storylines are deeper. I think there's more with the characters. So there is a little bit of questioning like, oh, you know, if season two isn't as good, is it going to hurt? 
season one's chances for the Emmys. But I think season yeah. one is such a miracle on its own. And I think people do love it so much and are still mm-hmm. really enjoying season two. I, I don't see how it loses. I know we're not doing predictions, but I guess I would say it really came out of nowhere. There was no sort of advance word. Right. People didn't really know what it was. And this was the show that put Apple TV Plus on the map, not uh, the morning show, which was mm-hmm. the one that they, you know, kind of hyped the most mm-hmm. leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Well, and Patrick, you mentioned with um, Hacks, you know, this that it's a show that all of the supporting cast could even have their own shows. I, that's definitely, I think, the case, too, with Ted Lasso looking at Hannah Waddingham and Juno Temple and Brett Goldstein. And, you know, you've got the uh, Diamond. The Diamond Dogs. The Diamond Dogs. <laughs> uh, this, this supporting cast just elevates this show to such incredible extremes too. Yeah, my only criticism is uh, the fact that I have to watch it with subtitles. Not not because of the <laughs> accents. The accents sometimes can be a little hard for my uh, American English brain to process. Yeah. But yeah. more so, it's more so be, even Ted, they're so whip smart. Bill Lawrence and the team, yep. they have them spitting out really funny wordplay throughout the entire episodes. Yeah. And I have to go rewind often to catch what I even mm-hmm. missed, even with subtitles on, because it's just moving so quickly. It's so funny. I will say that if you enjoy sitting in your cynicism, it's not the show for you because it's it's the show that wants <laughs> yeah. to melt your heart. Um, so if you're not yeah. in the mood for your heart to be melted, it's it's not going to be the show for you. But yeah. to Kristen's point, it maybe isn't like laugh out loud funny every, you know, 30 second joke, mm-hmm. but it makes you smile. Yeah. And it makes you feel, that's for yeah. sure. It mm-hmm. just makes you smile. Just a good heartwarming yeah. moment every time. And I also, by the way, watch with the subtitles on. All right. Ted Lasso is available on Apple TV+. Plus. Hacks is available to stream on HBO Max. And before we move on to the dramas... It's trivia time, including her two nominations this year for Hacks and Mayor of Easttown. How many Emmy nods does Jean Smart have to her name? Seven, nine, or 11? Kristen and Patrick, you have a guess? I want to say nine. Mm-hmm. Patrick? I'm going with 11. And if not, she deserves them. <laughs> All right, well, stick around for the answer. Okay, it's time to break down dramas, and there have been so many good ones this past year, but we're going to highlight two specifically here, The Crown, because season four was just everything. So let's start with that one. I think we have enough respect for one another personally to ask ourselves some of the bigger questions. Kristen, I know you uh, you obviously spoke with Emma Corrin and Josh O'Connor for our Awardist podcast series, which everyone should go check that out. Don't you think they are really the reason to watch this season? And Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher. It's a great cast as per usual, um, but this season is the Charles and Diana season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly we get plenty with the Queen and uh, Margaret Thatcher, played mm-hmm. by Gillian Anderson, but this is the season where we really see how Diana was this teenager, Mm -hmm. essentially, who was brought into this incredibly complicated sort of system, family, Mm -hmm. business, I don't even know what you want to call it. And the institution, institution, yeah, (laughs) and how sort of from the get go, it was just incredibly uh, daunting and and overwhelming yeah. and never got better mm-hmm. for her. And so this is, you know, part one of that marriage. And it, and it certainly it goes all in on, you know, what we now know yeah. uh, that, you know, Charles was in love with someone else the mm-hmm. whole time. And, 
you know, wasn't allowed to be with her due to the fact, the business, yeah. the institution, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it. And so they are both great in this. Um, Emma Corrin as Diana is incredible and Josh O'Connor, even though you hate Prince Charles, mm -hmm. you also, your heart really breaks for him yeah. too. Um, I think it was the best season of the show so mm -hmm. far, for sure. Agree. And Patrick, do you feel like this is a show where, like with season four, even if you haven't watched the first three, you could just start on this season? Yeah, I mean, I think with as with any show, there's going to be little nods to former episodes or, or sure. that kind of stuff that you're going to miss, but you can totally hop right in if if... Diana was your jam and you want to see a striking portrayal of her story. <laughs> I was worried because, you know, I think yeah. there was so much less documented in real time about the Royals prior to the 80s just because access, you know, we didn't have paparazzi. We did, but, you know, they had very few outlets to put out content. And then all of a sudden we get to the 80s and then the 90s. And it, they're everywhere. And so I was like, the crown is going to like maybe lose some of its luster mm -hmm. because we're not seeing as much behind the curtain as we're just seeing rehashings of things that we know happened. Right. And it, it continues to impress. The, the writing, I think, is fantastic. Um, one of the things, as you were describing uh, how they portray uh, Diana's story, Kristen, that struck me is, you know, we've gotten the chance to check out impeachment um, and it, it's similar to, to Monica's story where those of us that grew up with this happening in real time, I think both those women seemed older than they were. And it's really striking mm -hmm. now to look back and mm -hmm. see them portrayed by these young actresses and realize, wow, these were children, basically, that were thrust into these situations. Basically, very, so mm -hmm. young. Yeah. You get more of her perspective, but you also see... Charles, you know, and the sort of bind he was in. And yeah, it's just, it's really heart-wrenching, but so well done. The way I think is tough there is that like, no one went in with bad intentions. Nope. It was just awful situations that they were mm -hmm. forced into. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and so, you know, there, there are certainly heroes and villains in, in every story, but you realize that nobody went in with malintent. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's near the top of my list of shows that uh, people should certainly catch up on if they have not. Uh, the Crown's available to stream on Netflix. Now, let's uh, before we go to break, let's talk about the third and final season of Pose. We'll do it together as a family. I will warn you, when you sit down to watch this season, make sure you have uh, some tissues handy because tears will be shed Kristen, I know you're a big fan of this season, yeah. specifically of uh, MJ Rodriguez's work and Billy Porter's work and the great direction from Stephen Canals. Uh, take us into that. Yeah, this is a show that has always been groundbreaking in a lot of ways, but what's you know what's so special about it is that it's it's just a really relatable family drama. In this case, it's a chosen family. It's a you know these are trans women and queer people who have been cast out and they've chosen this family and they've supported each other through the 80s and 90s in New York City. And in this season, especially Blanca and Praytel and everyone they're coping with, the ongoing AIDS, HIV epidemic. And there's a lot of emotional, really, you know, sort of sad moments that happen. But then there, you know, there's so much humor and love and you get to meet more of the character like sort of see more of their family upbringing you go you get a little bit mm -hmm. of a glimpse into Electra's home life from you know where her mother and where you know she was sort of the situation that she fled there's a lot of really uh, triumphant 
moments and happiness, but yeah, there's definitely, you will cry. But it ends on just this like hopeful note that will just, yeah, it's, it's very, to the end, it was a really heartwarming, like in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, feel good drama, which seems weird when you think about the subject matter, but like there's just so much inspiration yeah. in it. And the it's just, the cast was incredible and MJ, Great. You know, she, uh, Michaela J, absolutely deserves her nomination. And uh, yeah, I definitely would highly, and three seasons, you can do that. You can do that in a weekend, people. It's not yeah, a big deal. Not, we, we, I think we've all watched more and less. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Patrick, is there a highlight of this show for you? I just love the journey that this mm -hmm. show went on because I think that obviously Billy Porter out of the gate was somebody that everyone was recognizing and just loved Billy Porter for being Billy Porter. Um, and there was a lot of attention paid to the fact that, you know, none of the trans actors were being recognized in the same way that Billy was. Billy was, I don't want to take anything away from Billy. He deserved the attention he was getting. I think that the performances were worthy of attention uh, from season one. But by season three, just everyone was firing on all cylinders on that yeah. show. The growth that I saw in terms of the acting and the writing and the storytelling is one of those shows that you definitely want to watch from beginning to end because you get to go on that journey with them, not just as characters, but also as mm -hmm. actors and creators. Uh, that I just I was blown away by how it continued to get better and better and better. So true. Well, Pose Season 3, if you want to watch that, you'll have to do that via your cable or satellite provider, or you're going to have to buy it on Apple or Amazon. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We have one more category to break down for you. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. We are breaking down some of the big categories for next week's Emmy Awards. We have already recapped dramas and comedies. Now let's talk limited series because some of these limited series this year have just been some of the best television all year long. There are three specifically I want to talk about with you, Kristen and Patrick. The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. There's no player in the world as gifted as you are. Mayor of Easttown. Hey. And I May Destroy You. What do you do when it gets a bit much? We're both HBO. Well, it's worth noting that all of the limited series nominees this year were all female-focused, female-driven stories. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It's about daggone time. I mean, limited series has definitely been, especially in the last couple of years, a real haven for actresses. You know, like mm -hmm. there's just... It's always such a tight race in uh, in the acting categories for uh, actresses, but yeah, I mean Queen's Gambit. Who knew? Like this this mini series about chess. You know, <laughs> like it it, it, <laughs> yeah. it feels like it was it premiered a thousand years ago, but it's still in the eligibility period. I think yes. that's the only thing that's sort of uh, potentially hurting it. But um, yeah, this is a great lineup. Um, 
I May Destroy You, which ran in the UK first, is one that I feel like most people mm-hmm. would need to catch up on if they haven't seen it. We yes. know you have HBO Max, so just go do it. Um, and it's even if you don't think yep. you have HBO Max, you probably do. You, pr- you probably <laughs> do exactly. And yeah. you know, it's. I would suggest perhaps reading up on it before you watch it, just so you have a little bit of a sense of the backstory of like you think nothing's happening. You're like, oh, okay, it's just this you know woman who is a writer and she's you know hanging out with her friends, and it, it, it almost like stealthily sort of shocks you at the end into what's gone on and you you don't really understand what's happening until Mm -hmm. later. But I, in terms of learning about Michaela Cole and her experience and where this came from, I would suggest, you know, just do a little reading, uh, you know, check out a a story or two and then uh, check this out because it really Mm -hmm. is a wholly unique vision from this woman who we will be hearing from for years and years to come. Yeah. That is one, by the way, I would not suggest binging Uh it all over the weekend. Give yourselves maybe an episode and and spread that out. Yeah. I was going to say another reason to read up on it a little bit before you watch it is just all the trigger warnings that you may need to (laughs) keep an eye out for. uh, Yeah. It's it's certainly, as as you both just pointed out, Mm -hmm. a show that is difficult to yep. get through at times, but yeah. worth it. It's definitely worth it. It's just, yeah, you need to know what you're getting into just for your own uh, peace of mind. But it's it's another great supporting cast and really just, you have never seen anything like it, really. I want to emphasize that it's not that it would feel like homework. No, you know, it's not one right. of those. It's not one of those shows where you're just like, okay, I've got to. Pre- it's just you want to be prepared. Yeah, you <laughs> where just it's going to take you emotionally. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yep, yep. Emotionally. That's all very yeah. fair. Um, yeah. and, and of course, I, I mean, I think you know, Mayor of Easttown uh, really kind of dominated headlines during its run uh, recently. Uh, of course, it was everywhere, uh, pop culture wise, memes, uh, SNL. You you really couldn't miss it. Yes, Murder, Murder Dirter, uh, and then Queen's Gambit, like you said, it does feel like forever ago, but uh, it was one of those that was really kind of dominating the pop culture conversation as well. Kind of like Ted Lasso in that way, where people are like, uh, how is the show about soccer interesting? This is one, like you were saying, how is the show about chess interesting? But it's it's really, it's so much more than that. And um, Anya Taylor-Joy, just yeah. uh, she carries this in such a compelling way. I could not take my eyes off of her. Yeah. Well, and it's beautiful. Like, it's also like, just stylish and like yeah it's just gorgeous to look at in many ways so there's a lot to enjoy indeed all right uh, i'll tell it to all you folks again the queen's gambit on netflix mayor of east town and i may destroy you are both available to stream on hbo max and while you're there stream i hate Susie. one of your best of yes definitely check that one out too And lastly today, folks, the answer to our trivia question. Are you ready, Kristen? I'm ready. Including her two nods this year, how many Emmy nominations does Gene Smart have to her name? Seven, nine, or 11? Well, if you went big with this one, you're right. The answer is 11. Patrick, you were right. (laughs) Yeah. Those nominations have netted Smart three Emmys so far, back-to-back wins for Guest Actress in a Comedy in 2000 and 2001 for her work on Frasier, and Supporting Actress in a Comedy for Samantha Who in 2008. Another one to check out if you haven't. Yes. Yes, it's so good. Also, Melissa McCarthy's on it. We'll see if Gene Smart can turn those three wins into five come September 19th. Kristen and Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today. Anytime. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Emmy fever. 
Well, that is going to do it for today's episode. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. Today's episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina. Edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Crockmall and Carly Usdin.